The Friday GAA Podcast, with thanks to GAA Go, official home for live and on-demand GAA match streaming worldwide. Goal on here, goal chance for Conor McGregor, surely give it in, Conor. What a goal! Mackie heading it towards the 21 metre line. Keep Mackie chance. still going. Goal is up for Cats! Oh, what a goal! I can't think of a better position or a better place to be in right now, anywhere in the world. It's time to take Sam to throne! If you look back in sporting history, you'll see that the whingers and the whiners are forgotten. The characters remembered briefly. But will stick in your mind at the champions who showed class. I want nothing to do with that, to be quite honest. You know, I think it's a disgrace. A small change before the game, work the street. Hello, welcome along to the Friday GA podcast. We have got a full house this week. Jared Gilroy has How graced you? us with his presence. Well, you know, Kildare's You're becoming a regular. Poker. Not really, I haven't, I haven't, this is my second one of the season. Alright, we're only four in, I think. There you go, it's 50%. Tommy Rooney is here as always, the brains of the operation. Hello. Hi Nathan, how are you? And Colin Parkinson, it's good to see you with clothes on. Uh, yeah, and my trousers are pulled up fully. <laughs> well, yeah, we noticed that. Well, but yourself the, and Dave McIntyre, uh, we're referring to the off-the-ball diving expedition, which I thankfully skipped. My uh, ma was scarlet. She was like, and what about, and what about that young lad and his, and his trousers? <laughs> yeah, but it's not just it, that. It is a bit shocking. It is a bit too far down. And there was also, where were we last weekend? Sea sessions. Oh yeah, yeah. You were tweeting topless pictures. Topless pictures. Well, what is going on? Summer, lads. It's summer. He's got the six pack. He's been wait for dates. All it's been a long hard the, winter I'm, building that up. I'm back in the gym the last month, and I'm uh, by God, I want to show it off. Right? <laughs> you really I think should. Dave McIntyre is still outshining you. Unbelievable. Yeah, McIntyre. McIntyre's in good shape now, and he has two hands on his hips, really almost like a bodybuilding pose. McIntyre <laughs> was like uh, desperate to stand beside the Olympic swimmer, just to go look, look what I've got, baby. Look, look at me. <laughs> he's not here to defend himself. So, what's his motivation? Is it because he's a big Sky Sports star and he's doing little pieces to camera afterwards? He wanted to make sure he was. I don't know. No. I, it's, uh... I spoke to him in the jeep going up about it. He saw a picture of himself about a year ago. And it wasn't the most complimentary picture. Or he went on holidays with a few lads that were really in shape, and he went, "Look." I'm turning my life around. Uh, That's what I need to What's do. your motivation? My motivation was uh, a picture on holidays about six uh, weeks ago at a big belly. And I went into Topshop and I went to fit on new clothes and I just looked at myself and I got completely my chest was gone. Yeah, you see, you don't want to do that in Topshop. That's the way the mirrors <laughs> are set day. up. It was a full Nobody looks mirror. good in the mirrors in Topshop. Not when you're in your late 30s. Yeah, true. But look, I got it. Listen, it's, it's, it's better to do a bit of training. Today your birthday. So what, yeah. Oh, happy birthday. birthday. Happy birthday. No problem, lads. 39. 37. <laughs> a year younger than you, Chair. Tell me, um, what are you doing in the gym? Like, is it five nights a week, RMA style? No, I've cut carbohydrates out of my diet and I'm going to the gym three times a week. I play a bit of soccer on a Wednesday morning. And I'm not going to lie, I have, I, I'm not into weighing myself, but my belly's gone completely in three weeks. The um, three times a week in the gym, what are you doing? Like, when you get there? Upper body weights. Just like weights the for days. Machine. Skipping <laughs> like the Free weights. But I run to the gym and I run home. How far so is I'm the gym? A good bit, I'm getting a good bit in. How far away is the gym? Uh, not maybe a mile. <laughs> Still. But I'm starting to, I'm increasing the distance to the gym all the time. There's longer routes and I'm gradually making the route a little bit longer. No, I was more commenting on you taking your clothes off on a regular basis because obviously Leash were humiliated last weekend and people were saying, you know, Wally, you should step in here. And I'm just worried that in... 10, 15 years time when maybe you may consider taking a job like that <laughs> all these photos are going to be out there 
And the players left Norris. They'd be like, look at this. It's only my top off. It's not like I have my trousers down or anything. Yeah, with Nathan, the can of Heineken. Jesus, with man the takes of... his t-shirt off with on a really hot day. Holy hell. Mm. And I had my top off in a swimming pool. What's it like in Mayo? Are people afraid to take He's, their tops uh, off? He would be the one of the few inter-county managers with six packs. It'd be McGinney, obviously, but that'd be it. Anybody yeah. Was, oh. If I was an inter-county manager as well, Fitzmaurice, would he? I wouldn't say no. No, you wouldn't have a lot of the younger guys are in good shape. Jason Ryan, six pack, maybe not six pack, but most of the younger managers are. Maybe he does. I don't don't cast any aspersions on Jason Ryan's tummy. I've never seen it. I don't know. You have no others, six packers. Don't think so. Not that I can think of. Same McGinney's. McGinney's just a big Hulk. Kevin Walsh still playing quite a bit of football. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. I would say he ever rocked a six. County Junior Final was it or County Intermediate Final? Intermediate last year. They brought him in. Such a long belly. It must be impossible to get the muscles to form. Yeah, I've got miles to go. Him doing a sit-up, it's a long way off. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we are back uh, with Off the Ball this weekend. And Mully is back as well, having missed the last couple of weeks. You're going to be up in Armagh tomorrow. We've got live and exclusive national radio commentary of Armagh against Wicklow at the Athletic Grounds. (laughs) Uh, Billy Joe Padden is going to be... Good game on Sunday, though. (laughs) That is also worth listening in for because you just never know what's going to happen. (laughs) We've got a great game on Sunday. And Sunday, we have got Mead against Westmead at Croke Park in the first of the Leinster football semi-finals. Anthony Moyles will be alongside Woolley and Dave. We'll also be sticking around for Dublin against Kildare or we'll certainly stick around till half-time, some of us. Ah, look, I'll stay. Joe's going to be in the so I'll, I'll, stick, I'll stick around with him. Here, um, James Warren's in the studio with you. No, he's not. All right. I told everybody last night he was. Yeah, he was meant to be. I don't think he cleared it with his wife, though. Ah, okay. All right. So, David Brady. Come on down. Second our, choice, David. Our second favourite Mayo <laughs> man. We're starting a uh, David Brady for Mayo under 21 manager campaign what on Sunday. Billy Joe Padden. We have a, we could have yeah, a top strong five Mayo, Mayo contingent. We, could, yeah. we, we do have a very strong Mayo contingent. Nathan number five, of course. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm number one. All the rest of the guys are just... You're a number one Mayo presenter, okay? <laughs> thanks. <laughs> just trying to think, is there anybody well, else? Premier League commentator, at least. Yeah, All right, thanks. Mayo well, thanks for that. And also Oshin is going to be at Healy Park in Oma for Tyrone against Limerick. So let's look at... Today to my list for number one favourite Mayo man just for one morning was Kevin McStay this morning on Morning Ireland saying the best game of the weekend is undoubtedly Meath and Westmeath in Cork Park. I was like, oh, that's good. Live and exclusive on News Talk. Good man, Kevin. Cheers, Kev. What was his reasoning? It is. It's the only competitive game of yeah. the weekend. It'll be fun. Every other game is going to be a double digit points more. Is Derry Donegal going to be bunch. double digit? Maybe not double no. digit, but it could easily be. You wouldn't be terribly surprised. Right, so Armagh Wicklow, this is going to be double digit. I'd Did McKinney so. get off quite light for the way they played against Donegal? Well, like I'll be on the sideline tomorrow and I certainly want to ask him. Like I can see it being a one sided win for Armagh, so there's not much point in analysing that game. But I definitely have a good few questions to ask him about the Donegal performance and how he regrouped them and what he said and what came out in the meetings because, you know, it's a terrible performance. But I know Wicklow kind of caught a pretty average mid team on the hop and scored a few goals, you couldn't see Wicklow putting it up to Armagh in, in the Athletic Grounds. You just couldn't. I think it was 7-21 to two points when these two met in the qualifiers a couple of years ago, wasn't it? Something like that. Well, yeah. Crazy, some cricket score like that. Did, did we cover that game? If you hadn't screwed us last night on the 2001-2003 Desi Dolan thing, I'd I totally believe you. I should have got that right. Jesus, Tommy. That, I think was, that right was a bad on one. I think he's right on this one. But, like I said, he needs to prove himself. He needs to get, regain our trust. Okay. Okay. See, you're one of these guys right in the McGinney camp, whereby if Armad do anything, it's all thanks to the genius of McGinney. And if they don't perform, it's, oh, well, the players aren't good enough. Uh, well, so think back to how 
awful they were in the first round of the championship two years ago when Cavan beat them Cavan beat them with a guy making his debut uh, from kick the under 21 kicked nine points and they were like oh well, you can you can kick straight 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 down this channel all day what's he going to do to us kick nine points win the game thanks very much and last season they were within a couple of points of beating Donegal so is there a transformation in their fortunes already didn't they get promoted they did they're yeah, promoted okay, this year you're, yeah. you're from going, division you're 3 going, you're going from the very very worst to the very very best now Grimley deserves some credit for steadying the ship a little bit after that Cavan game and last year you know along with McGeaney yeah. they both did it it was a joint management yeah, thing. Look, so I, this year is McGeaney on his own and it hasn't got off to a good start there's absolutely no doubt about that no but uh, as I pointed out in the Independent this week, Kildare fans are pretty familiar with awful starts of the championship True. from Kildare. Under McGinney. Every single year they were awful, with the one exception of the year they got to the Leinster final and Andrew McLaughlin didn't trip Werner Brogan when the Brogan arrived. <laughs> and um, so I, I think that they're going to come good. And it's the, it's the easiest draw. It's the yeah, is there anything Wicklow can do? Do you go all out blanket defence and just try and keep it to a Armagh win it by scoring 10 points and hope that somehow you keep it close? Were you at the Mead? I, I, I wasn't at the Mead game. Um, but I was actually at a Wicklow game last year and I know a couple of Wicklow players and I don't think they have the players to play in all-out blanket defence. I don't think they will. They brought on Conor McGrainer at half-time in the Mead game and he caused a lot of havoc going really going redirect. But that was a very that was a very weak Mead back six. <laughs> it won't be as bad as the 721 to two points to defeat a couple of years ago. But And I, is McGrainer not a starter, Tommy? Should he not? Why was he brought on? Why isn't he a starter? McGrainer, Conor McGrainer has a lot of talent. Very good footballer. He's only about 22 or 23. He should be a starter, I think. I, I don't understand why he's not a starter because he's, he's he's a very powerful player. He can score. He's When he's confident, he's really, really good. I suppose he's a bit of a confidence player, maybe. He, he scored two goals last week. Um, Mead had to bring on Kevin Riley to, to try and stop him. So he, he can cause damage. Yeah, I think uh, Armagh have Charlie Vernon in a full back and he'd be he's a natural midfielder he'd be able for McGrainer in the air McGinney's con- concerned about um, Wicklow's high ball tactics but he, he kind of uh, he's been pre-warned anyways from what happened in Navin be sure to tune in tomorrow though have hey, to it'll be, be interesting for a little while I'm sure <laughs> well, even for Wooly and Kieran McGinney the commentary will be good yeah yeah the commentary will be great uh, Wexford against Down We'll, we'll talk about loads of other stuff if anybody has any questions you know if you yeah. want to ask David about his diving feel free yeah <laughs> or his diet or yeah. any of these things I'm sure he'll be happy to talk about either of them uh, Wexford against Down at Wexford Park probably looks the most interesting of the qualifiers or is Wexford just such a poor team at the moment that Wexford have just slipped off the face of the earth it's uh, it's incredible it's incredible they're now a Division 4 team am I right they're relegated from Division 3 which is incredible for a team that, you know, were challenging for Leinster titles only five, four or five years Three ago. Three years ago. It's gone completely, completely into an absolute farce as far as I'm concerned in Wexford. You couldn't see them having any hope against Down. At Down were spirited. They were pretty good in the second half against Derry when they had the man sent off. And they're just simply a level above Wexford. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, so... I it's actually not a bad game for Down in some respects as well to sharpen themselves go on the, tr- on the road and maybe do a bit of bonding unless it breaks their spirit the way sometimes half the team disappears to America the way the Antrim lads have yeah you would hope that's not, that hasn't happened because Down are a team that could get a little bit of momentum you know through the qualifiers the year they made the all final they, they got through the qualifiers by hammering a few Leinster teams mm. so yeah. um, it's definitely not beyond the bounds possibility for them to get a bit of momentum and you know get a few results. Any insight into why 
Wexford have just declined so rapidly? Jason Ryan's gone. I mean, when you had a manager like that who everybody bought into, who'd taken them to a Leinster final, to an All-Ireland semi-final, that's a yeah. huge leadership void disappears. The hurlers have started to get good again and players are picking that's up. That's Dahi Walters has gone to the hurlers now. That's a big problem. They're losing players all the time. Uh, Wallace, uh, uh, Mar- Morris, two of their full back line that I would have played against, they're gone and they were good, uh, good full back, very good man-marking uh, cornerback. There's Malone lads retired. There's a good few of their of the team that's that was there. Redmond Barry's there, gone. Redmond Barry's gone. You know, Matty Ford's gone. We, that's obvious. But there's a lot of them gone, and they just I'm not sure. They over haven't replaced to, them, have they? Like, I where? don't see. I don't see. They're a hurling county, and you know they did incredibly well. The to thing is that there was, there was a real point there where they were a dual county for yeah. a couple of years under, uh, and actually they were kind of tending to be a football county. And Liam Dunn seems to have got people back. Yeah. Unified to a certain extent behind the hurlers, and so that's the end of that. Yeah, true. I d- I don't see any any future for them. Double digit, <laughs> double digit double again. Gym? Could be. Yeah, it should be. Yeah, I was, I was very disappointed with Down against Derry. I thought they really underperformed, and they only really started playing once they were down to fourteen men in the second half. Which kind of they're going to be flat track bullies in this game. They're going to go out and go. These guys are nonsense. We're going to kill them. That's the mindset. Yeah, it's down. They're like the most arrogant group of footballers. For whatever reason, and generally right. Arrogant's so. harsh. Arrogant in a good way, I always see Dan. Confident. I like Dan, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, very confident, very confident in their own ability. They're going to hammer Wexford. Okay. All right. You sound like someone who has been looking at the handicaps and the spreads and have got a little bit of a bet going on for the weekend. I don't, actually. Uh, I'm, I've decided not to bet this weekend. Kildare in action, and it would just be bad for him to bet against Kildare. When but. you see what happened last week with Sligo and Leash being bit, Sligo winning and Antrim winning, these accumulators, yeah. like they're not Well, the Sligo money. not one of those shocks that everyone predicted. Yeah, in a way. I still thought Ross Common should be beaten. Uh, Tommy, the microphone is yours for the next 10 minutes. Loud against Leitrim. <laughs> Come against, on. Loud against Leitrim. <laughs> loud against Leitrim. Uh... Uh, yeah, let's 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 move on. Let's from go that for one. a loud win. Let's go because they're at home. Because go f- home advantage is crucial in these games. Leitrim, of yeah. course, missing their best player, who's uh, traveling the world, and may end up playing for Donegal at some point. He's all very quick yeah. to deny it. Donegal, Boston, I think he's with at the moment. Is it? Yeah, that's the first step. That's the halfway house. Is it? <laughs> I don't know. And then yeah. it becomes Bally Shannon or Kitty yeah. Bags or wherever. He was born in Donegal. You know, it helps, you know. So. Look, would anybody in the world begrudge him if he ended up playing football for Donegal? Okay, no. lads, you might not believe this. Emlyn Mulligan wouldn't make the Donegal team. Let's let's Emlyn Mulligan relax for a second and say, let's not get ahead of myself. Let's not do a Shawnee Johnson on this. He transferred to St. Bridges and by all accounts, St. Bridges aren't blown away by his abilities. Like, playing, well, for, Leitrim, it, it, playing for Leitrim, you're getting it. Now, he is accurate, but playing for Leitrim, everything's going through you. You get a chance to shine incredibly well. He wouldn't make the... The Donegal team, I don't think. Not, not, not the starting team. But no. if he's with Donegal for a couple of years and he's training with them and he has the ability to not up his own team. standard. No, no, he's 100% a squad member, but I couldn't. I'm not, where would you play him for Donegal? Well, Rory seems quite smart forward? and he can generally make new things up that we haven't thought of. He's not a worker. He he'd, won't play half forward back, line. You know? he, he's, <laughs> not, he's not going to get ahead of any of the three in the full forward line. So look, stick being a hero uh, in Leitrim. Big fish, small pond. Stay where you are. <laughs> yeah, that was a great conversation about something that's probably and possibly never going to happen. Well, you know, big fish, small pond, obviously, Colin was all about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, Donegal, Derry, 7 o'clock. Uh, Clonus, the Ulster football semi-final. I don't like these games 
I certainly don't like provincial games on a Saturday evening. They just seem to get completely lost. Ah, no. We should turn them into something. Make an event of it. Just don't have them only, you know, on a... Only on what? I do. Only on on what, Jerry? I do agree with Nathan that it doesn't doesn't have the feel of an Ulster semi-final. Like, it's almost lost amongst qualifiers at half six in the evening. I'm not sure how many people kind of want to what? Seven o'clock's all right. Seven o'clock. I I know people's viewing habits have changed, but... Seven o'clock people Saturday evening people is might be not out. really a time people watch sport yeah. in general in is Ireland. Is the game on Sky or is it on BBC? It's on Sky. It's on Sky. Sky. Is it also on BBC? I don't, think, on I don't BBC. think it is on BBC no. this time. I think it, they haven't because got the semi-final. Sky have exclusive, exclusivity. For the island of Ireland. Pretty, pretty sure, yeah. Okay. Uh, Derry, what are they going to do? How are they going to set up to stop Donegal? They've been playing defensive all year, so I can't see them playing any other way. Um... Like there was times against Downhill, only uh, Bradley was left up in the opposition's half. And I asked one of the selectors at half time, you've only got one forward. He says, no, we don't. We have four forwards up there. I says, well, I didn't see four forwards up there. He says, I can see what they're trying to do. But maybe against wishes, they're still filtering back and they're leaving Bradley completely isolated up there and there's no support runners. And they have a good half forward line, but they just have no threat outside Bradley. And what team in Ireland better than Donegal yeah. Snuff out one yeah. threat. You need three threats <laughs> yeah. against Donegal. Is it Donegal three... light? What? what it's Donegal light, yeah. yeah. It's Donegal light. You, well, remember, you... Doug, like it, it took ages for Donegal to reach the point where they become the Harlem Globetrotters and can do this. So Derry at least are on a process. and they're, They they're... need more danger than just Bradley, don't yeah, you? You yeah. need two or three threats. Of course, threats. and I'm sure they know that and they're trying, need another and they're Bradley. trying to get there. Is the yeah. thing. Who like, is <laughs> available for selection. <laughs> well, except for only a different manager. And he's actually, it's too late for Paddy Bradley to make a comeback, right? I don't know. I don't know. Like how many years is he going to have where he's going to be a, an impactful player in the county? Probably not that many, but I think it's an awful waste of two years of Paddy Bradley. I really do. Well, I the really great do. thing is, Jer, you can ask Paddy Bradley that tomorrow because he's going to be on the show around about half four. Unless he listens to the podcast. Be fun. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is always a very strange situation with the Bradleys, how one plays, one doesn't play, father's sometimes the manager, and then they'll both play. It's slightly destroyed Derry for five, six years at this stage. Yeah, unless Paddy unless Paddy's it can be a little bit of a problem child and McIver went, Look, he's too opinionated, he's too he's not good for the group and just won't pick him. Because on ability, Bradley should be in there and him and Owen would really shake things up in there. Like you can't double mark both of them, you know, and one of them's gonna get some space and diagonal balls. It would transform Derry to have an absolute finisher in beside, you know, Bradley. But personally, I would go call out to Paddy Bradley's house I would talk to him I'd explain my plans to him I would try and soften him up I would have him there Let's last not year rule. though it's last year now. two yeah. years ago I would not rule out a player of Paddy Bradley I think managers are silly doing this well, try and get and around he, him like, he, you look at retired, Cheddar, he, did his, he had those successive crucial injuries yeah, well, he's yeah. back playing well you look at Cheddar Plunkett right Zane Keenan was an awful problem child for Leash now maybe me multiplied by 10 he never lasted a, <laughs> never lasted a full year really he didn't now that, this harsh. is no exaggerating Cheddar called up to his house sat in the kitchen drinking tea with his mother and father, immediately created a, a bond with his mother and father where, if Z- say if Zane wanted to drop off it, his parents would be on Cheddar's side. You know, and Zane has stuck out two years now just because Cheddar actually went that extra mile and, you know, gained the trust of his family and have him liking him and now Zane's, you know, rowing in behind. Managers can work with problem players. They, they just take often take the easy option and just to get rid of them. I'm sure every manager in the country is doing that though. Like, I don't know. Like, why would you not do it to Paddy Bradley and have an? Maybe ex- he did. I don't, believe, but I don't think so. Not with Paddy's talking. Well, 
it's two sides to every story also like they were playing for their can't th- argue with that they were <laughs> the <laughs> end yeah, yeah I, lo- I lose because of that <laughs> they were they were playing for their dad and then they were like oh we're not playing and also like you can't really be playing soccer the day of a league game and then show up and play inter-county football that's what I doing yeah it doesn't really work does it like I it, don't think that works, but that's why that's the exception he's given to Owen, but he's so, not given Paddy any. Well, uh, doesn't that suggest then that he's a manager who is open to... Yeah, yeah. Donegal are kind of looking like your unstoppable juggernaut at the moment, but... I wonder if they peak too soon. It's it very early. Yeah. It's June. Or the are they th- just that good? The only thing about peaking too soon is that there's so many gaps in between games. Like... It's almost like the form in one game goes out the window. You have a month's break. You know, I the peaking thing is difficult. They're playing well at the moment. They are. Only in hindsight you can look back and say when I think when the team has peaked and when they haven't. They're playing well. I would always take playing well over not playing well. Sure. Maybe they have more to go. I don't know. But, but they were amazing in the first half against Armagh. Brilliant, and yeah. They, they killed Tyrone. They just put their hands on Tyrone's neck and killed them. And it was never even a game. Yeah. But you have to understand, lads. They, I, Tyrone and Armagh are not great teams. Hmm. You have to think about this as well. Because it's the Ulster Championship, and look at Derry. Like, Longford beat Derry last year. When it's the Ulster Championship, I think people build them up to be bigger, higher standard games than they are. Donegal are just much better than the other teams in Ulster at the moment. Armagh played so much into their hands. The way to let Charlie Vernon follow Michael Murphy out and leave McBurty inside, and Donegal just targeted it like that. And, like, that game was over inside five minutes. It just played perfectly to what Rory Gallagher wanted to happen. But yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. But our, our man Tyrone may not be great teams, but they're the next tier. There's not that many great teams. There's what four great teams? Yeah, that's no, true. that's fair enough. That's so fair. we have to judge them on something, and they're the only teams who've played even probably second tier teams at this stage. And as Jer says, they have played second tier teams. Galway, Galway second tier. Ah, they are. They are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Galway will be there. Galway, yeah. Galway could beat Cork this year, for example. You wouldn't be terribly surprised. You'd have Cork in a second tier too, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's yeah. like the most maligned the the team tier. in the country. Well, certainly, um, Tomas Shea had a fair crack out this week. Off. Off Cork. Off. Oh, last yeah. week, yeah. Last week. It'll be pinned up in the dressing room, according to, uh, I think it was Mark O'Shea, <laughs> admitting it'll be pinned up in the Cork dressing room. Aim with Mars, I think. Fitzmaurice. Aim with Fitzmaurice yeah. said yeah, it. Yeah, it was like, yeah, if I was Brian Cook, but I'd had that up. He rubbing my hands in glee. I'm surprised Aim Fitzmaurice would say that. Is Cork's motivation from being hammered by their closest rivals, by their biggest rivals in the country, in their own home stadium, which was the very last game ever at that ground is that not enough without posting up Tomás O'Shea who's not playing anymore making well, a few innocuous comments about they, Cork not having leaders because they don't seem to have leaders well it's like it calls into character the specific men in the room that day did that performance not call into their character some already them, surely some of them are gone they've made some changes haven't they not that many well you need yeah. to go in there and give that motivational speech Tr- play that and video if- play it over and over Again. send them all a copy of it and say watch that every well, night is that not going to Possibly go the other way and you go, wow, these guys are way better than us. <laughs> you would hope that doesn't have that effect. Uh, so you're all going d- potentially double digit for Donegal against Derry? Uh, no, no, not no. double. It won't be, be double digits. No. Between six and eight. Yeah, I'd agree I would agree. Well, yeah. All right, Sunday then, we're in Crow Park. Uh, Mead, Westmead is the first game. Anthony Moyles will be alongside Woolly and Dave. Tommy, why is this going to be the game of the weekend as Kevin McStay is saying? It's going to be a very fun game because you just haven't a clue really which way it is to go. Like Mead should on paper be the better team, but like West Mead, like they've had nine players there to play in the 2010 Leinster final to Dublin that they really could have won. 
Dublin went on in one day All-Ireland there. Like they're all various ages, but there's also three lads that are under 21. So there, there is a group of footballers there that we don't really know that much about that are very good. But they haven't shown it at senior level in the last couple of years. Like it's been it's been a disaster. They've they've only won five out of the last twenty championship games. Um but Mead have made a lot of changes from that from that last game against Wicklow and Tell us about the changes. So they brought in Connor McGill, who was the two thousand eleven minor captain at full back and he had a very strong league campaign. He'll be it'll be a really interesting battle. They played John Hessen inside, which they have been doing this year for a lot of the time. McGill is well fit to, to compete with him. McGill's a big man. He's he's really athletic. He's confident. He's brave. Um, they got James McAtee in the corner. He retained his place from last week. He's only nineteen. He's a corner back, but he's also like he's naturally a, he's a, he's naturally an attacker. Um, Tell us about the five changes and how they've improved or whether they improved the mid team or not. So okay, McGill back, McGill improves McGill improves the full back line. Brian Menton comes into the half back line. Mickey Burke comes into the half back line. Okay. That's experience over Brian Power. And David Dalton, who maybe was a little bit unlucky to lose out. Kevin Riley's coming into midfield to partner Harry Rooney. Um, it's a disgrace David Dalton played for Mead, by the way, but go on. Because of David? Yeah. Um, Stealing our players. moved there. Yeah. But your parentage rule, come on. He didn't grow up thinking, oh, I want to be a Mead man. Well, yeah, he he's a Summer Hill man. Yeah, whatever. In the problem with Shawnee Johnson. Well, that didn't work out very well. Were you outspoken against it? Yeah, well, Sean needed to, <laughs> to be free, you know. <laughs> okay, so that midfield is immediately stronger with Kevin Riley well, in it. Well, it is, but I don't think Riley's going to play midfield. I think we're going to see a shuffling half back line and Menton coming into midfield. Also, Riley, like there was talk of him getting hip surgery earlier in the year, and he was supposed to be out for the year. I don't know whether that's been put off, or like I don't know how long he's going to last, or if he's even going to start. Connor Gillespie's back on the bench, so we could see him for a couple of minutes. They need Connor Gillespie in the midfield if they're going to compete with anybody in terms of winning anything or, or getting into the quarterfinals this year the half forward line in Mead is very strong um, and Michael Newman is back in the full forward line instead of Joey Wallace Joey Wallace is very young very raw Newman brings like he was a 2013 All-Star nominee it's a huge difference so team. this is essentially going to be a great game to listen to because you've got two really average similar teams yeah. who could play and who aren't going to really set up defensively. I think the important thing there is the five lads that have come in and the improvement because Mead were very poor the last day. A lot of new faces. I, the team was almost unrecognisable. That team there has a lot more, you know, strength and experience in yeah. it. And you would imagine, a, you would expect a massive improvement from Mead. Yeah, and as a result, I actually think Mead are going to win this fairly handy because they've all this warning all week about, oh, it's going to Eventually that feeds into the psyche. He's like, all right, we're actually going to kill this West Mead team. Mead will win. Mead, remember, Mead have beaten Loud and Wexford. If I'm not mistaken, West Mead they're. Westmead. You said Mead. Oh, Westmead, obviously. Westmead have beaten Loud and um, Wexford. The two teams relegated to Division 4. And they're not beating them massively impressive, you know, yeah. really impressively. They're getting over them. So Mead are on a level above that. Let's be honest. Mead are competing very strongly. Very hard for Mead to get up for the arrival of Wicklow in the first round yeah. of the championship yeah. as well. And a bunch of kids making their championship debut. I I, I see nothing but a Mead win. And actually quite like Mick Oddowd as manager. I think that's... He's, He's decent. His teams have a style. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I'm a bit meh There's a bit more now. time, I think, to kind of convince. He's shown good things, but he puts pace in the team and gets them to play. He loves a running game, and yeah. the the men that he's going to bring off the bench, Mead are going to finish with a strong running team. Like he's going to bring in Emma Wallace, who's very fast. David Dalton's going to come in. <laughs> um, like he does have a certain style, but that's not the Mead style, though. That's it's not, not traditional like, Mead play. Yeah, but traditional Mead play 
We're, get that in. Get it into get it into Geraghty and get it into Ollie Sanders. Murphy. Yeah, and that they'll do the rest. Ago. How good is John Heslin? He's top class. Uh, like I don't think we've seen that. Into our, He's uh, still only twenty two. Bernard Flynn talking about it during the week that we haven't seen. It's a bit similar to Donny Kingston. Only the last two years we've really the country has seen how good Donny Kingston yeah. is. I think Heslin's in the same boat. He's been moved out to midfield, back in, never tied down. His best position seemingly is full forward and let's see him at full forward in Croke Park on Sunday and if he's good as everyone says he is you know he'll be rising to the occasion. He's kind of one of these players I was talking with Dermot Galise recently and he was on about the Railway Cup My, you know, the one thing I would change in sport is I would bring back the Railway Cup because you'd see someone like John Heslin on this big occasion and he would get in the Leinster squad and suddenly the whole country is talking about him whereas like this is probably the first time a lot of people are even going to see him on TV. Yeah, look, there's yeah. there's definitely a merit in finding these guys uh, for him to play. Yeah. He has it now. You yeah. can't argue now. This is where John Heslin should be standing up and saying, "Look, I'm in that very top bracket." You know, Cribben was calling for leaders early in the year uh, after the league, like, and and Heslin, he's only 22, but he is one of the. He's always been a leader in Westmead. Like he was. He should move to Clare. I was waiting for you to say that. Clare. <laughs> Don't leave Kildare, but everybody moved to Kildare. Yeah, you know, come on. Your recruitment policy is uh, outstanding, Ger. You need to bring Mikko back. He'll yeah. get you a few. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Dublin against Kildare then at Crow Park. It's the second game at four o'clock. Kildare, only four of the players that started against Dublin in the championship two years ago starting um, Sunday. Has that been the problem for Kildare and for Jason Ryan, that there's been just such a turnover of players? Um... I don't know what the when you say what what the problem is that there's a bunch of young guys who haven't had the opportunity to develop as a group just yet. So, like the problem is they're playing Dublin. That there was no problem playing Leash. There's no problem. Well, there was. They needed a replay to beat Leash, who by all accounts very were shambles. Be, very lucky to beat Leash. Yeah, but there would be no problem playing me. There would be no problem playing any other team in Leinster. Like, and there wasn't a problem playing Leash. It was they they gave as good as they got. That's what you'd expect from a team who've just been relegated to Division Three. So. Uh, so what you mean by a problem is the problem is that this is a young group of players who potentially could do something over the next couple of years but could well get absolutely hammered on Sunday and it just sucks the life out of them again yeah I don't think it's going to suck the life out of them because they've got a handy draw in the next round um, against Antrim right no awfully sorry awfully yeah I think the thing with Kildare is they've filtered a lot of their under 21s in it is an under 21 team that didn't win in All-Ireland they, they won a Leinster that's all one Leinster so they'll talk about all these good under 21s coming in we're not talking Tyrone at the start of the 2000s where they won two under 21s in a row you know where you've got a load of good lads they've about five good players come in two of them are Hurley's gone and the wing forward's gone over to America Daniel Flynn Daniel Flynn they're gone so they're two of your best under 21s off that team that aren't even there a lot of them coming in that are just on that under 21 team but not exactly stars on it so for them all to come into senior level and start competing with you know the top teams in Leinster that's not easy and that's why they're stuttering along now and it's going to take two or three years before they get to 24 25 and then maybe a, a good a few good lads come from an uh, an age group below them and you know build they have to start building back up again and that's why they're going through the lull yeah this is a very long process that they're involved in and that's why I would go incredibly defensive but they're not did you see the team forget about it. everything Jason Ryan was not listening to me and James Horn last night because everything we said is just, just what you ignored. said about Jack Sheedy as well. He's picked the exact same half forward line. Jason Ryan, I know exactly how Kildare are going to play, and that's why I'm advising anyone to hop off the spread of 11 points. End of story. 
the team is the same half forward line. Yeah, there's only one change that I can see is Conway, the centre back, is not fit. Yeah, and yeah. who's in for him? Oh, Bolton's gone centre back and Owen Doyle is in wing back. Jason, Jason Warren's been in this position many times before, even when he was in charge of Wexford, going up against a Dublin team that were expected to hammer this them. This is Jim and Gavin's a different Dublin, Dublin, yeah. This is Jim Gavin's all out attack Dublin. It's not a conservative Dublin. And let's be honest, for every, for every good result Jason Ryan had with Wexford against Dublin, you can match it off with a hammering as well. Yeah. So, you know, you'd have to wonder, you know, what he was doing on those occasions that worked one time, the very same thing didn't work another time. So I think it's more down to what Dublin did on both days, whether they brought their A game one day or not. Because Wexford are doing the very same thing. No tactic, not necessarily any tactics, playing orthodox and they're blown out of the water one day. And, you know, it's close to the other day. I think that's more down to Dublin's um, attitude going into the game. It's strange because we hear so much that football can be rubbish and defensive tactics and then you have Jim Gavin playing all-out attacking football. Not all, not as all-out this year as... It's no, just kind of boring though at times then as well. Like It'll be quite boring on Sunday if they win by 12 points. I know it's great to watch Jim O'Connolly and Paul Flynn. No, you're right. It's totally boring. It's the shittest championship structures in the world. Dublin should be playing against other teams of similar standard on a regular basis. They should be playing Mayo or Donegal or Derry this week instead of playing... A team who are literally two divisions lower than them. Yeah. It's insane. Lads, lads, you look at this, and this is what we said last night. Kildare have two midfielders that are natural halfbacks. When you lose the ball, drop them back. Play two wing forwards, like Owen Doyle, like Mulek, like these fellas. Who, Mulek played centre-back, Owen Doyle was a, is a wing-back. Now he's starting. Uh, drop Eamon Callahan back. You can leave four forwards up there. And you can drop two wing forwards back. Drop your two midfielders who are natural defenders. And you're in four the Four extra backs. Yeah. Two full-time sweepers and the minute you lose the ball drop your two midfielders back to help as well. Do not let Dublin score goals. Immediately you're on to you know, a, a winner there. Yeah. Let them kick the long-range points. If they can kick them more power to them and that's the way you work it. And when you win the ball back tell Emmett Bolton go, go. Tell Callahan to go with him. Tell someone else who's a good one to go with him. Yeah. And then give it into Smith and Fogarty. Ollie Lyons perfect for that breaking game. And then give it into Smith and Fogarty who's left inside you. Still two half-forwards and is that not is that not just a, like a very like let them beat easy... you let them beat you not 20 to 112 as opposed to 420 to maybe still 112 yeah. or like 16 because your yeah. spirit is broken because you're not in the game after they score the four early goals like the, and the difficulty in all the games that Kildare played against Dublin since the uh, the close game is that they just run straight through the straight middle of the defense middle. straight through the middle of the defense and they've got 12 goal chances yeah. and it was the year that Dublin couldn't kick the the ball over the line from a metre out that they scored four against Kildare, I think. Um, so yeah, maybe it was only three in the end. But. Yeah, get, have enough lads. Sorry, Tommy. Have oh. enough lads covering back there that you're not allowed. They can't just split you open. Yeah, they have to do that because. But they're not, Tommy. Look at their half forward line. Who? Okay, who on their team do you think can do that job? No, you're right. They're they're not. Like I like that 2013 game. I was sitting there in Crow Park and Paddy Brophy put one one up in the first ten minutes. James McCarthy hit the post a second later, going for goal. Like Dublin were straight back up the field. Like. It was irrelevant. They got a perfect start. Yeah, they got the perfect start, and they just couldn't capitalize on it. Dublin didn't matter. Didn't matter what happened. They were able to go straight down the middle, and the way they look like they're setting up, the same thing could easily happen again. And this is a better Dublin team than arguably from twenty thirteen. And actually, it serves no purpose for Dublin whatsoever because they haven't a clue what their best no. team is. They don't know what they're going to do when they come up against somebody mm. who knows how to play against them. Well, that's what I always wonder. Jim Gavin presumably will watch this match back and his team of analysts three or four times. 
What are they actually learning? But Jim Gavin's expecting a huge challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I love Jim Gavin's interview. I hate him and I love him at the same oh. time. He's got some cheek pedalling out what he pedals in Leinster especially. But he can't say anything else. He, he can't say, say, he can't look, say look, I, have, I have sympathy on him as well, but we're expecting a match. He could be playing Wicklow and he said, look, this is going to be a tough one. This really is going to test <laughs> but the, us. No, the worst question at a Jim Gavin press conference or when he's talking to radio is when someone says, well, where, where do you think the strengths lie with Kildare? Oh, yeah. Well, I think if you look at the goalkeeper, he named, named, named <laughs> the entire question. team, all fifteen. So you don't think Dublin can learn anything from these matches? No, no it's a disaster for them. No, and potentially they're going to be playing either Cork or Kerry in the All Ireland quarterfinal. Well, that's Cork. Cork, <laughs> yeah, presumably. Yeah. Why is that? That draw been made, yeah. Well, that's the way. As far as I know, that's the way the draw works out this year. That they would be playing the losers of the uh, Munster. Semi- well, Munster the final provided they beat the round, beat four, the round four qualifiers so that could be Derry realistically right you know Cork need a handy draw you wouldn't be terribly surprised to see Cork get beaten here and get beaten by Galway or Derry or Tyrone yeah. or look Dublin will be in the All-Ireland semi-final yeah. like that's actually when they're going to get their first test which yeah. is a, a really a, a damning you know reflection on what the championship is and all that talk seems to have died down again or is it just because... No, you weren't reading the back page of The Independent yesterday when um, Martin Brownie had a story that Croke Parker asking county boards to come up with a good plan. Oh, great. The county boards were delighted with the way things work at the yeah. moment. Mm. They actually think it's too expensive to have an inter-county team. Yeah. Like the, the idea that you're asking county boards who have a vested interest in the way things are going to come up with a plan. Like You have to remember, 11 of 12 counties in Leinster voted for Dublin to stay in Croke Park. Why are county boards being asked about this? You know, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And where is the GPA's pro- uh, uh, questionnaire <laughs> results? Desi Farrell said a month ago it'll be two weeks. A, this is the same nonsense. There's a GPA you... launch tomorrow, isn't there? Uh, there next week. Next Thursday. Next Thursday. Next Thursday. Oh, yeah. Maybe you, should, maybe you should go along, Willie, and ask that question well, to be, Desi I'll Farrell. I'll be in Armagh, but I'll be doing it. I leave this room. I'm going to be tweeting the no, GPA No, no, no. It's, in, it's on next Thursday. Now, it's on at 11 o'clock. I know this is before you start work but yes. you know this is for the greater good, good point. The, the challenge has been laid down yeah. the greater good of football <laughs> <laughs> the greater good of football Willie this Go is on, your Willie. chance I'll you could get it. some sort of consultancy from the GPA and make a load of nice cash I'll do it if you're a little bit lucky uh, Tyrone against Limerick John Galvin isn't there anymore Tyrone win I guess is Tyrone win yeah, oh yeah absolutely Limerick have been incredibly bad this year perfect for Tyrone as well what's it's the motivation for Sean Cavan at the moment like you've been there, you've done it all. I know. And you just I've asked him this question. Like he's he's positive about it, but it must be horrible to be be at that level, Player of the Year, winning three All Irelands, and to see all your buddies filter away and lads come in that just are not as good, and you're still there, and you're trying to convince yourself we're still at that level. But you you must know that they're not. All right, I think that's pretty much it. Anything else you'd like to talk about? You're going to keep your clothes on tomorrow. Well, Up at the sure. athletic grounds. No sure. guarantee. Could, it's no, sunny, no. You know? sunny, yeah. Lay down the gauntlet to Kieran McGeady on the sideline. I might get, uh, offer a topless an interview arm with Kieran McGeady. Competition. It'd be like uh, <laughs> that video I saw on YouTube where your man arm just snaps. Oh, yeah. I refuse yeah. to click yeah. on that. That'll be you. All right. Uh, we are on air tomorrow at one o'clock. We've got Arma against Wicklow. And then on Sunday, we're going to be at Croke Park for the entire show from midday with Mead against Westmead, followed by Dublin against Kildare. We'll talk to you next week.